You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So here in the fine, fine city of Seattle, we've got yet another regulation affecting landlords. We're already, we've already got the eviction moratorium kicked out to like January 15th, because I mean, you know, the whole holidays thing, we can't be bothered with actually following contracts or, you know, having, you know, just a normal marketplace. We need to kick this thing out to who knows when as far as when the eviction moratoriums will start, if ever here in the Seattle city of Seattle. So on top of this, we've got we've got some more regulation. I mean, why wouldn't we why wouldn't we have just more and more regulation? Right now, we are the 14th highest marketplace for rentals of two bedroom units in the in the United States. I am thinking we're going to really march up that chain here. We're not going to be in 14th for long with the the pace of regulations we've got going by the city Seattle City Council. Just we're going for it. We're going for it. That's what's going on here. And I say this all in jest because these are not good things. Rents are skyrocketing and they're going to continue skyrocketing. They're going up throughout the country. But when you've got regulations like the stuff that we've got going on here in Seattle, this points to one thing. And it's the constriction of supply of rental units in the city of Seattle. And when you constrict constrict that supply, guess what happens? Mm, Yep, rents go up. We've been talking about this for a long time. That's what we're going to get into today. Right now, we've got Seattle City Council approves requirement for six months on notice of rent increases. Six months. That's insane. It just is. Nobody else has this kind of regulation. And this is on top of all kinds of other nonsense that landlords have to deal with. And so I'm on the real estate broker end of things. Actually, let me do my intro here. All right. If you're new here, welcome. And this is why I'm doing the intro. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies, one of them, which is a real estate brokerage. We sell homes. We sell investment properties. And we've had we've had numerous inquiries of, yeah, I'm a landlord in Seattle, and I just don't want to deal with being a landlord in Seattle anymore, looking to sell my place. Can you help me out? Yes, we can. And when those units get sold, they're not sold to other landlords. They're sold to owner-occupied purchasers, people that live in them. So the pool of rental housing of single family specifically in condos is ever shrinking. That's based on what I do for a living. I'm not sitting at the Seattle City Council and just making this stuff up and going, oh, this is what we're doing. I'm actually on the front lines helping my brokers out. And then also from, you know, selling properties. And then also from the Reynolds and Klein end, the appraisal end, we're appraising this stuff. So we see it kind of coming and going in a couple of different directions. And there's only one way that rents in Seattle are going to go right now. And that is through the roof. All right, so let's jump on in here. This is um, this is a new issue that just came up, and the city council seems to be doing their very, very what they consider to be. They're trying to really help tenants out, but the end result of their actions are having the opposite impact. And I've got another couple of articles we're going to read here. Uh, we've got a King County Council member who's like, "Hey, wait a minute." Let's see what the regulations, you know, when you regulate a rental market, let's see what kind of impact that has on the whole demand and supply component of rental housing. Let's take a quick peek at that. Let's hold on. Let's slow down here. 
but no. So we're going to talk about that. But in the city of Seattle, we're just going for it with regulation after regulation. 180 days notice, six months notice. I would like to inform you today that in six months, we'll be raising your rent. That's just nuts. Seattle landlords will soon have to provide six months notice of rent increases. And in some cases, here we go, pay tenants who move after a significant rent hike, like over 10%. Why? If the market dictates that rent has gone up, why are we now required as landlords, or those who represent landlords, why are they helping pay a tenant to move? Tenants got to figure that on their own. That's just how life works. Sorry. The Seattle City Council approved two bills Monday, the latest in a series of new landlord tenant regulations, including bans on some evictions and the right to an attorney for low income tenants facing eviction. This is just, it's nuts. Bans on some evictions. Council member Shama Swant, who has a recall going against her that's, yeah, that, that, that's got some legs to it. That could happen. So council member Shama Swant sponsored the proposals, not shocking, saying they will help to mitigate the harm that is going to be experienced by renters because of skyrocketing rents. We need something to mitigate the harm that is going to be experienced by renters because of Seattle City Council decisions that impact the rental market. That's what we need. We need to mitigate the harm by the Seattle City Council. That's my opinion as a real estate guy. Just straight up. Landlords criticizing the proposals, arguing that they could push small-scale operators to sell their rentals. Hmm. In just one sentence, we kind of just leveled the whole thing. Because that is what's going on. And those who choose to stick in the business of renting out their single family or whatever kind of unit it is in the Seattle market, they are going to need to charge higher rents to cover all of the nonsense that they are now responsible for in the Seattle rental marketplace. So the council approved a bill requiring 180 days notice of rent increases with a seven to one vote. Not shocking. Landlords are currently required to give 60 days notice for rent increases. Council member Alex Peterson voted no, saying the bill should exempt landlords with a small number of properties. I agree. I 100% agree. And the majority of all single family properties, and we've talked about this, the majority of all single family properties that are rental properties are owned by landlords with less than 10 properties. And more so less than four properties. Those are the two kind of categories they fall into. So these are not big corporations owning, you know, unit after unit after unit, like in Berlin, I'm going to do a podcast on that, where you've got some landlords that own like 110,000 units. I mean, that is a little bit of a control of a marketplace. But here in Seattle, Vast majority of rental property is owned by mom and pop operators. Now, we're not trying to be racist there. We're not trying to exclude people. But what we're saying by mom and pop is that less than 10 and less than four, that's kind of the definition there, the standard definition um, of of ownership within within the market. On multifamily, there, there are corporations that own, you know, a bunch of units. All right. So there's that. But single family rental properties, um, majority of those, they're mom and pop. So the relocation assistance bill passed unanimously. 
The bill will require landlords to pay equal to three months of rent for low-income tenants who depart after rent increases of 10% or more. This is basically forced uh, rent control. That's what it is. Except in you know rent-controlled neighborhoods like in New York, you know they're not raising the rents 10% or more. This is just this is just taking a free market and saying, yeah, we know that, you know, you might be able to raise rents 20%. But if you do, if you exceed that 10%, mm, you're going to have to pay, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to level this equation, you have to level the market equation by just paying out some money to those tenants, just because we feel that that's fair. And it's like, all right, but the market kind of dictates, the market dictates what the price of rent is, the landlords can ask whatever they want. But if it's beyond the confines of the rental market, nobody will rent. That's just how this works. So you've got this demand supply and stuff we've got going on in Seattle is really impacting the uh, the supply. We've still got good demand no matter what. Shocking, I know. During public comment Monday, most speakers spoke in favor of the new laws. There you go. Okay. Yep. All right. And guess who was probably guess who the majority of those were? Yep, you got it. Tenants. I've moved eight times in 10 years. And this is because landlords keep raising my rent a crazy exorbitant amount, said Heather Steiner. Please support renters. Hey, sorry, folks, Seattle's become a really desirable city. That's what happens. I, I don't know what to tell you. It gets expensive. Ask tenants in San Francisco. Ask tenants in New York. Ask tenants in LA what those rental amounts look like. All right. Landlords argued the bills amounted to rent control. I agree. I agree. Each of these bills is excessive in every way, said landlord Marilyn Yim. I'm not Goodman and Essex, Yim said, referring to large real estate firms. They're not here. I am a community member. After a brief reprieve during the pandemic, Seattle tenants are once again seeing their rents go up. And we talk about this all the time. And you're going to see rents here in Seattle, I mean, on their way up to the moon. And some of that is going to happen no matter what. It's happening across the United States because there's so few homes available for purchase that people are going, all right, if I can't buy a home, I'm going to live in one, I'm going to rent one. It's just what's going on. So You've, you've got a lack of housing supply in general. And this is one of those impacts in the city of Seattle, but there's the, the council. Um, yeah, they're doing their very darndest to drive rents right through the roof, right to the moon. For tenants signing new leases, Seattle rents this month are up 12% from the same time last year and have surpassed pre-pandemic levels, according to apartment list. For tenants staying in their homes, rent hikes prohibited for months Rent hikes are prohibited for months because of a statewide eviction moratorium. There are once uh, again allowed. All right, but city of Seattle through I think January 15th, as rents were dropping, some landlords offered deals such as a month of free rent or lower rates to attract tenants. For some renters, those benefits quickly vanished. That's what we saw happen. The deals that we saw a year ago, oh man, those are gone. And those some of those rents here in here in Bellevue, We've seen rents get the rents got dropped down to like call it fourteen hundred bucks ish. Some of that stuff is up at twenty two, twenty four hundred bucks now, and even higher for the same unit. You've just got massive demand, not enough supply, and guess what? 
There you go. Capitol Hill renter Ryan Kluge said he received notice over the weekend that his one-bedroom apartment's 1095 rent, which sounds low, will increase to 1895 if he renews his lease this fall, a 73% increase. All right, so he got in on the really good deal, and now rents are, here's what they're doing. Given that rents were down when he moved in last winter, yep, Kluge expected some kind of rent increase this year, but was stunned by the amount. I was anticipating maybe 20 to 30% at the most, he said in an interview. It almost feels like landlords are trying to get revenge right now, Kluge said. No, it's an economic thing. And they have been struggling in general because there's been this whole eviction moratorium thing that has been so one-sided against landlords. Landlords basically covering all of the costs of tenants who are not paying during a pandemic. And so this is what we're talking about. You're either going to have people do big rent increases, you know, or get out, get out of the industry. Kluge said six months notice of rent hike would have allowed him more time to save for moving costs and move in charges. For now, he worries about finding a new rental because it's just not this place, he said. It's every single place realizing that they can start charging far more than they have been because the market has moved up. I'm sorry, that's that is what has happened. Um, and unless you're looking at a market in a rent controlled uh, environment, this is just kind of where we're at. Landlord advocates argue property owners need the flexibility to raise rents when their expenses go up. Yeah, we never seem to focus on that. Hey, expenses have gone up. Yeah, did your expenses go down when the eviction moratorium meant that you couldn't move people out that weren't paying? Did your expenses go down during that time? Oh, they didn't. Weird, right? Strange. Though, so these these bills do nothing to address our housing shortage and are just the latest in a string of bad ideas that have made housing more expensive over the last seven years. That's literally what we're seeing on the regular here in Seattle. All right, so uh, so so let's so that's that. Back to reality. King uh, County Council member proposes study to understand rental housing supply and costs in unincorporated King County. Let's take a look and see what that what's going on there. Why would we care about that? On Monday, King County Council member Reagan Dunn in King County is the county that Seattle's in. King County Council member Reagan Dunn introduced legislation that if passed, would require a study of the effects of regulation on rental housing supply, demand, and costs in unincorporated King County. Interesting. Why would we want to know that? Well, here's what Reagan Dunn says. I have heard from many small landlords and renters across my district who have very real concerns with how government policies may be exacerbating the lack of affordable rental housing supply, Dunn said. This is not a hard storyline to follow, folks. It's basic demand and supply of rental housing. You know, here we are. Uh, this study would help policymakers understand the effects. It would help policymakers, but but not the ones in Seattle. They're not they're not dealing with the uh, the same set of of uh, facts that the rest of us are. This study would help policymakers understand the the effects these regulations have on housing market dynamics and on the people who rely on the availability of rental properties. 
If approved, the legislation would ask the county executive to produce a report that identifies the number of rental properties in unincorporated King County, calculates the average cost of these properties, including the past and future trend of rental pricing, and analyzes the supply and demand of rental housing. I would love to see that study just to see what that looks like. Um, the study would explore how regulations such as new rental regulations approved by King County Council in June 2021 impact the local housing market. So somebody is like, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe all these regulations, maybe all these regulations aren't necessarily helping out the tenants. And that's what I believe is actually happening. These regulations are having the opposite. They're having the opposite effect trying to help the tenants out. But in effect, you're constricting that supply. And guess what? It's just causing rental prices to go up even more. That's my opinion. That's how I'm seeing it. That's how I'm consistently seeing it. The folks I deal with that we talk about this, it's like, hey, what do you think about that? Well, rents are going to go up. I mean, that's the ongoing joke. I mean, and it's not even a joke. It's just a statement of the obvious. A BGO. And that was uh, Ross Johnson from RJR Nabisco when they took over Nabisco. Ross Johnson, the CEO, called BGOs, which were a blinding glimpse of the obvious. Barbarians at the Gate. That was a good book. Um, yeah, so there's that. A blinding glimpse of the obvious. Hey, rents, they are uh, going up. All right, so let's take a look at... Uh, where does Seattle sit with rents? I mean, why wouldn't we want to know that? Seattle is 14th most, most expensive U.S. city to rent in. And I'm going to read just a little bit here, but one of the stats here was pretty interesting. Seattle was ranked the 14th most expensive. So here's 14 right there. Yep, holding up a thumb and four fingers. That is 14. Seattle was ranked the 14th most expensive U.S. city to rent in, according to Zumpers, latest national rent report. Now I've read from Zumper before. This is a Seattle Times article, but Zumper, they've got the data that we need. So it reports uh, month over month and year over year changes in rent prices for one and two bedroom apartments. The price of a one bedroom apartment in Seattle has grown 2.4% since August. All right, remember, we're coming out of the pandemic, one bedrooms, hard no go studios, hard, hard no go. So one bedroom up 2.4%. That's a pretty sizable gain, the report said. The median cost of a one bedroom apartment is now almost 1700 bucks per month. It's 1690 per month. The month over month increase in one bedroom rent prices in September was the same as the year over year, about 2.4. For two bedroom apartments, rent prices have increased 5.2% since August, the report said. 5.2%. Since August, Whew. that's the number that I'm looking at going, all right, Seattle's number 14. We're kind of like, you know, we're like a bad gambler at the racetrack and our horse is in the very back. And we're like, all right, you can do it. You can, you can do it. You can get there. I know you can, you know, when you're, you're holding the piece of paper, that's your slip to go get your winnings or toss it on the ground when you lose, invariably you lose house always wins gambling, by the way. Um, so they're like, you come on, Seattle, you're in 14th place right now. I know, I know you can work into that top five spot, given what's going on here. That's horrible. 
that's horrible because wages aren't keeping up with these increases. And everybody gets that. But the people that should be trying to figure out how to slow some of this down, they are literally having the opposite impact. And um, yeah, from number 14 to I don't know, I could see number 10 sometime uh, early next uh, early next spring, that'd be my prediction. Just moving our way up the list. So the median cost of a two bedroom apartment is an eye popping 2230 per month. $2,230 per month for two bedroom median, meaning half or more and half or less in Seattle. The year over year increase in two bedroom rent prices in September was 1.4%. So 5.2% August over August. That's a lot. That is not sustainable. That's a that's a big. It's a big, big bump. Now we have, uh, we have had some of these swings where rent prices were depressed and people were offering incentives in 2020. And that's some of what you're seeing. So the stats are a little bit skewed because we went from a little bit lower than we probably should have been. So the market built in some discounts because of the whole Rona thing. And we didn't know what was going to happen with the marketplace in general. And guess what? People in one bedrooms and even two bedrooms, they moved out to the suburbs and they moved out to their rural oasis until they had to come back to the office, which is now. So then you've got rents going through the roof. So those figures put Seattle at 14 on the report's top 100 cities where rent costs the most. Seattle is between Fort Lauderdale, Florida, number 13, and Gilbert, Arizona at 15. The top spot is occupied by New York City, where the median prices of one and two bedroom apartments are $29.50 and $31.50 per month. Twenty nine fifty for a one bedroom unit. I just hired a young man to um, to basically do videography for uh, Summit Properties Northwest and this podcast. And um, he moved out from New York, and Seattle's still a bargain. It's still a bargain in general. He was telling me about how big of the space he has and how much he was paying, and I was just like, oh, it, I can't remember the actual details, but. It was more and less space. Let's put it that way. So people come in here to Seattle, they see a nice big two bedroom, they're like, I'll take it. And yet you've got tenants here who've maybe been here for a while. And they're like, hey, I remember when rent was, you know, 1095. Now it's 17, you know, 95, something like that. Some big increases. But that's what the market is doing, right? Rent prices are raising are rising nationwide. The report says one bedroom rent prices have reached a new all time high in every month of 2021, except April. And two bedrooms have hit a new all time high in every month since February. Up, 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 up. And there right now there is nothing that's going to stop that upward trend for the foreseeable near future, I don't think. Um, as home prices soar and competition becomes overly intense, people who are at the stage in their life where they'd usually buy a home are priced out or exhausted with the process. They're building up in the rental market over time and driving up costs. There's just more people, supply demand, huge demand, minimal supply. And with what little supply you've got in a city of, like Seattle, the stuff that's going on regulation-wise, it's taking an already small pool and making it smaller 
So pour more demand on fewer product. Yeah, there, there's there's one way that equation works. And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not decreasing rents. So I know we've done a number of podcasts on this issue, but this issue is ongoing. And because so many cities around the United States, they've got increases in rent going on as well. You're seeing more and more stories like this. But Seattle's always at the extreme left spectrum of the uh, of the climate, right? I mean, just like you guys are doing what? Hey, it's free Seattle. Why wouldn't we do that? You know, soon, six months notice to give to give a rent increase. That's going to be like really, really short. Pretty soon, we're going to go for a year. All right. I know it's 2021. But by 2023, I'm going to increase your rent. I mean, it's just it's nuts. Market doesn't work that way. Residential market doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. The market is fluid. It's always evolving. So, you know, you get towards the end of your uh, lease. Here's what we're bumping you up to, or we're keeping it the same. Or if the market's down, hey, we didn't hear any tenants complaining about when the market rates dropped during the beginning of the Rona, did we? No, I did podcasts on that. And some of the biggest podcasts were Seattle rent drops, finally, and people like, yay, this is a trend that's going to continue forever, because nobody's working in downtown anymore. Mm, Yeah, that didn't last that long, did it? Nope. So that's where we're at. Seattle, number 14 on the list. But hey, we're like that that horse that's in the rear, it's in the back. We're, we're, we're coming. We're coming for you. <sighs> number 10 by this next spring, I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see a big search there. Because of stuff like this, Seattle City Council approves requirement for six months. I'm going to increase your rent, not today, but six months from now, because that is what the city will allow. All right. That's where we're at. That's what we got going on in Seattle. I am my next podcast is on uh, the Berlin, the Berlin housing situation. That's an interesting one, Berlin, Germany. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being part of the Seattle real estate podcast. I will catch up with you soon. Till then stay safe. We'll talk again. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.